All right, Ken Dunnick, Mark Echo with the Bird Brains with Ken and Mark. And, Mark, we're going to talk about a game that's going to live in our memory for a long time. It's one of those games where there were 65,000 people at the link and about 650,000 people will claim that they were there um, in, in the future. But I want to talk about all things Eagles first. I want to mention our sponsor, Jersey Man and Philly Man Magazine. We've got our big holiday party coming up in South Philly. It's going to be epic. There's going to be two to 300 people there. If you would like to check out the Jersey Man Network for free, please email me, Ken, at jerseymanmagazine.com. Or hit my cell, 856-912-4007. Now, Mark, I know the weather's a little chilly in Myrtle Beach. Why don't you come up for the party? I mean, you, you know, you're only going to lose like six or seven degrees. December 14th. Let me, let me December put that 14th. down and put that on the calendar. We'll come see. on up, man. It's going to be All a right. good time. Anyway, let's not let's not dilly-dally <laughs> and uh, talk about nonsense. Let's, let's talk about... Uh, a team that has the resilience of very few. Now, and this will sound like a self-serving statement because I played for the Philadelphia Stars. but And the Stars had a similar type of resolve. It was just a refusal to win. Uh, the ability to find a way to win under the most dire of circumstances. And, and they're racking up records in the process. But this Eagles team is special. And I know you and I share the same sentiment about our frustration with some Eagles fans, because we all love the team. But for the way the fans treated them after that first half against Buffalo, and then the Twitter comments about firing the offensive coordinator, I I just thought it was, uh, you know, shame on Eagles fans. Uh, Not everybody, but some of them. Um, And are we that spoiled that a a team that was – uh, nine and one now 10 and one is uh, going to get booed off the field it's just great okay and that's you know i defend eagle fans a lot especially down down here where people say oh you know because all the down here people don't know they 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 still bring up santa claus and they bring up all the <laughs> yeah. they, that's they, never gonna die to have the jail and the, remember the old red had the had, had yeah, the jail, the jail and the, yeah oh, I mean, that's the all bed. people just hear yeah. bitch and i defend I, most of the time i defend the hey, listen it's not all fans are fans everywhere it's not that bad that was bad. You don't boo. I mean, I don't care if they were losing 35 nothing. So yet they're sort of having a bad game. They're still nine and one. They're still they're still the best record in football. You don't boo your team like that. I, I've never I'll be honest. Now most games I've been at, I was writing, so you don't care or boo. But as a fan of any team, I've never booed. No. I boo umpires or or, or referees. I'll boo a bad call. But I don't boo my team. I mean, that's just that's disgraceful. That was just, I thought that was disgraceful. It really. I'm, was. I'm from Chicago. I'm a lifetime Chicago Cubs fan. I waited 108 years for a World <laughs> Series. I never booed the Cubs. Hey, Come on, man, this is our not. team. Especially but, when they were doing well. Let's well, listen, talk I about. Can you, if you're a Carolina Panther fan, and there are some of them, I'm, I know some of them done. If they want to boo, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give them boo, the they should boo the owner because the owner's a, a, a wackadoodle. But, uh... but but no, this I've never seen any. I I I was talking to a couple of my old colleagues um, yesterday, and I said, you know, I've covered I covered the team thirty two years, and I'm still keep you know the last eight years now or so. You know, I still I'm not there every day like I was, but I've never seen anything like this team. Let's talk about a couple plays that I think are going to live in Eagles memory forever. And the, the first one is the 59 yard field goal by Jake Elliott, a Memphis 
alumni, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's very important. I thought that you I, might bring that up. I point that out. That ties the game. Now, listen, uh, hitting a 59-yard field goal under any conditions is amazing. But to do it on a wet and windy field to tie the game, I just thought was the, uh, 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 the ultimate uh, – uh, pressure kick, and uh, it was it was amazing to see that go through. The other one that comes to mind is the 29-yard pass to Zacchaeus um, in the fourth quarter. Um, a big, uh, an amazing adjustment by Hertz, who was flushed out of the pocket, and then you could kind of see him wave the receiver down the field, and it just throws an absolute dime to the back of the end zone to a place where the defenders couldn't get it, and it was the perfect pass to the receiver. Uh, there were other big plays in the game, the Brandon Graham sack, the Jalen Carter block field goal, you know, all this stuff. But th- those plays in particular come to mind to me. Well, let me start with the with the kick. Um, I, I did a book a few more than a few years ago now, the 50 greatest plays in Eagles history. If If we, if they asked me to do a sequel, that kick would have to be in there. It would have oh, to. Be. Oh, no question. I mean, it's probably people were saying is it, it's the greatest kick in Eagle history. Obviously, I put it right up there with Adam Vinatieri's kick for New England in the snowstorm that beat the Raiders in the in the in the Tuck Rule playoff game. Right. That was tough too with snow and wind and everything. <laughs> right. So, but fifty nine yard. I mean, like you said, fifty nine yards in a dome. It's still a 59-yard kick. It's, I mean, And that was going to be good from that. about 65 yards. That, that made yeah, it with plenty right. to spare. He's the, I know. I didn't think I'd ever say this. I covered David Akers' entire tenure with the Eagles, and he was great. Let's be honest. Yeah. David Akers was a great kid. So many, I don't know. I forget how many Pro Bowls that he went to. And um, I, gotta, I, I might have to say that Elliott's better. He might – Akers was the greatest kicker in Eagle history. Well, he, he also played the most games in Eagles history yeah. up, up until Brandon Graham broke. But I think Elliot might be better. He might be. Yeah, you know, my memory fades. I know Akers was great when you last that long. You're, you're a yeah. tremendous kicker. And he made a lot of pressure kicks. But this kid just seems to come up I mean, a big, big time after time. You know, it was the, the game was a. a a tale of two halves and I'll tell you how dominant Buffalo was early. And by the way, Buffalo let the Eagles hang around, which is always a a bad thing to do when you let a quality team hang around, bad things happen. I also thought they got the worst end of the referees calls. I I understand that things even out over time and they go both ways, but I, I really did think they got the short end of it, but just in the first half, uh, Buffalo, had nine first downs. Philadelphia had four. Third down percentage, they were six for seven on third downs. Philadelphia was 0 for four. Net yards in the first half, Philadelphia 276, uh, excuse me, Buffalo 276 yards, Philadelphia 99. Offensive plays, Buffalo 48 to 26. The end of the game time of possession, 40 30 for Buffalo and 26 53 for the Eagles. So, you know, Buffalo actually at times dominated that game. I do believe that uh, the drop touchdown, you know, when they, when they dropped that wide open touchdown pass uh, at the beginning of the game, I, I thought that was a telltale sign that things might eventually go the Eagles way. 
the fact that the you know the Eagles just kind of hung in there and then kept the game close and then eventually took the lead and went back and forth and into overtime. I, I just thought it was an amazing display of resilience for a team that was really getting beat up on both sides of the ball early on. And this was a game we we talked about this last weekend. That this is a game that tough game. We thought Buffalo might Eagles, win the game. Huh? Yeah, I mean, I I was not, I wasn't surprised at the first half. To be honest, I thought, all right, this is kind of you know the Bills really the Bills needed that. The Bills probably missed the playoffs now. They're in trouble. I mean, it's going to be tough. They got a tough schedule, man. They got they're they're at Kansas. They have a bye. They're at Kansas City, and then they play Dallas. I mean, they're uh, yeah, they're they're in a tough. And they're, they're, they're probably going to need nine or, at least nine wins, maybe ten, to make the playoffs. So that's going to be tough. Yeah. So this was a game they really, really needed, and they came out and played that way. They came out like a team that was desperate and needed it. And the Eagles, they didn't. I'm, I you know I hate to say you don't need it because there's only seventeen games. You, you want all of them, but it wasn't a. If the Eagles had lost, they would still be the top seed because the Lions lost the other to the, on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an AFC team, so it wouldn't even hurt you tiebreaker-wise. There was a lot of reasons for the Eagles not to be playing as much for, for this game as, as the Bills. So the first half, I was like, this is kind of what I thought. The Bills are yeah. leaving it to them a little bit here. But when the Bills missed the field goal in the second half. Big. It was a big miss. I turned. I was watching it with with my wife and a and a friend, and I said, "He was going to win this game." And, they, <laughs> and my wife, who doesn't know much about football, said, "Oh yeah, there's a lot of game left." And my friend said, "What are you crazy?" <laughs> and I said, "I'm telling you, I've seen this before. That they're letting. It's just it was similar to the Kansas City game. Kansas yes. City let the Eagles hang around, and this Eagles, like I said, I've never seen Jalen Hurts is unbelievable. Let's just start with him right now. I'm going to say he's the. I'm 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 willing to say this now too." He's the greatest quarterback in Eagle history. Well, that's amazing. That's an amazing statement. Two and a half years into his tenure, I, don't care. I, get, I, don't I get it. I get it. I'm not arguing with you. I get it. We're gonna we're gonna talk about Jalen Hurts uh, here. In a, well, let's talk about him now since you brought him up. You know, and I, I want to talk about some uh, some of the players on this team that may be uh, certainly Eagles Hall of Fame players and maybe Canton Hall of Fame players. But for Jalen Hurts, eight straight wins being down double digits at any time in the game is an NFL record. No quarterback that ever played the game did it more than four times. He's done it eight times in two and a half seasons. 14 straight wins against winning teams. An NFL record. Nobody else has done it. I mean, you talk about a a future being bright. How much money are they going to have to pay this guy? Eventually, I mean, it's amazing that it hurts 27 and two. 27 and 2 is two his losses. record. Two losses. He lost yeah. to the Jets. <laughs> the Jets of all. Can you imagine? Right? That's one of his one of his losses is to Zach Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> think about that for a second. But no, I mean, you said how much are they going to give him? Well, I think Jeffrey Lurie might be calling him partner. <laughs> <laughs> he might they, they might have to give him a piece of the team. <laughs> It's it's incredible. What what did you think uh, about uh, the referees in the first half? I I, I thought they oh, compounded. Uh, I I did think they uh, put a horse collar tackle on Josh Allen, and then they decided not to call that. But then they compounded it by calling intentional grounding, which there was a running back in the area. He did try to shovel the ball. I would have called him. I didn't think it was horse collar. I, but I mean, if they called it, I wouldn't have. I don't know because he did kind of have the front. Yeah. Uh, there's a, that one. I, I I could go either way on the horse collar. No, that's a great question. I know the back of the uh, 
jerseys right. or is, is the front are it's, you no i've read it it's no it's not that, it is not okay well that, if, they, that's if that's true if, if it is not then it was not a horse collar I, yeah i don't think i would have called the intent of the brown i don't yeah, i mean no. referees this year have just they we, we <laughs> but mark we've talked about this at length You've yeah. got every eye in New York on this thing. You've got communication capabilities. You you uh, signal to the people on the floor, hey, guys, this is, uh, you know, pick up the flag. It's a bad call. I, I guess they don't want to intercede with what the actual sure? game officials, but at some point, common sense has to take over. Right. And Just listen, like, I, I would not want to be, I through my years back when I was up north, um, I'd been asked if I wanted to referee football if I wanted oh, to fire baseball God. never I said thanks no. but you no know, and it's, it's a good little part-time job you can make you know but I wanted no part of it yeah. and so I I I don't envy NFL officials or major league baseball umpires I don't envy them at all but like you said there's with the technology we have today yeah in real time it's hard to make a call we see it over and over on replay and we slow, slow it down and we say oh that was a bad call well they can do that too now <laughs> I mean, but, but, in, in real time, it's tough to make those calls. But when you have the thing that, like you said, people in New York watching, people upstairs watching, signal down, hey, that was pass interference, or no, that wasn't pass interference, whatever, you know, you know what I'm saying? There, there's, there is technology to where you don't have to measure for a first down anymore. You can, it's, it's digitized. You can put the nose of the football, you can run a line down, just like they do in the U.S. Open for a ball that is, is hit uh, off the court. There, there's no reason why you have to measure for a first down when you have that technology. But, you know, we can go go on and on about um, about the referees. But let, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, Buffalo, who I think um, is a very talented football team. Uh, they're probably not going to make the playoffs, as we said. But there's some curious stuff going on uh, there. Number one, uh, Diggs, their top receiver, was not in on many third down plays and passing situations for the Bills. What what do you make of that? I mean, I know he had some comments, uh, you know, Reese or his brother in Minnesota had some comments about he should be out of there or whatever. Do you think there's a holdover effect with him with yeah, that? No, or why wouldn't he be on the field? It didn't make much yeah, sense to me. Unless he wasn't healthy, but I don't, there was no indication of him being hurt or anything. So, yeah, there and I like Sean McDermott. I, you know, he was an Eagle assistant. I got to know him a little bit there. Always admired him. Um, I think the Bills are one of them teams where they've had their chances. It almost re reminds me a little bit of the the end of Andy Reid, mm -hmm. where it was time. It's time. Just, it was just kind of unraveling, right? Yeah, you yeah. see, you know, that voice. Is, the NFL is not like it used to be. Like the the, the Tom Landrys and Don Shola's and. Other than Pittsburgh, where they never fire anybody, um, coaches, the, your voice gets stale after a while, I think. And you just, you know, you maybe it's just they're tired of hearing what he has to say. Because this bill, like you said, the Bills team is talented, but they they are. Play, they're going back. I mean, they're going backwards. And like you said, Diggs not being out there and um, just losing some games that they probably shouldn't have lost. Yeah, wow. Leslie Frazier, their defensive coordinator, retires uh, yeah. suddenly uh, before the season starts, which, which was curious. What, you know, coordinator. what do you, what? Yeah, Ken Dorsey gets fired. What about McDermott? Uh, what did you think about him sitting on the ball with twenty seconds to go at the end of regulation? Shocked. Yeah, 
I was shocked. You got Josh Allen. In this day and age? I mean, it did two completions or a pass interference in your field goal range. Yeah, right? and you got a guy that can make the big play. I I was I was really shocked by that. I mean, if you have a – listen, like if, if you're the Giants and you got Tommy DeVito, a quarterback in that situation, or or you even a rookie quarterback, Bryce Young or, or the kid in uh, Tennessee now or whoever, um, yeah, maybe you don't want to put that – yeah, take – you got you got a guy that that could make that play, and you know, uh, and I, I was surprised, very yeah. surprised. Um, let's talk about Hertz's numbers: eighteen for thirty-one, two hundred yards, three TDs, one interception. He had sixty-five yards rushing. Um, a, a couple of great design quarterback draws. Obviously, the one that won the game in overtime. Josh Allen, I thought, was spectacular in this game: twenty-nine for fifty-one, three hundred and thirty-nine yards. Two touchdowns. He did have an interception. He rushed for 81 yards. He had over 400 yards of offense, Josh Allen. He came up with uh, two clutch plays. It was one of those games where you hate to see one team lose. Obviously, we prefer the Eagles to win, but you know that type of effort going unrewarded is uh, is difficult. Yeah, I mean, like I said, and he left the field with the lead. I mean, in the old, you know, a couple years ago, the Bills would have won the game. Right, yeah. the, old, the old overtime rule was sudden death. Bill, That's right. The field goal, the game's over. Yeah, it was a terrible I'm rule. Rolling. Yeah. So you know, um, I I kind of I wondered. I, here's what I wonder. Now it didn't matter because the Eagles Hurts scored. If Hurts doesn't score, they call a penalty. Whatever. If it's fourth and five from the eighteen yard line, I know you. I know where you're going. I know. Where do you kick going. a field yeah. goal and tie yeah. it, or do you? Go for it and try to win the game. Uh, that's a difficult. I, would, I uh, wanted to see that. I wanted to see what Sirianni question. would. Have I mean, I know it's a go for it mentality these days in the NFL. I think he probably kicks it a fourth and five. If it's like fourth and two or three. Oh, it's fourth uh, and one or two. You know what they're doing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, that that's unstoppable. That's but, why I said um, five. That's why it would it would have been a very interesting uh, yeah. dilemma for Sirianni, who's. Uh, who's known to be a gambler. Let's, let's talk about a, a couple players on the defensive side of the ball. Four players on defense played every snap, 95 defensive snaps. Blankenship, Slay, Byard, and Bradbury. By the way, Blankenship also played, I think, 16 or 20 special team snaps. So he's on the field for you know, over 110 plays. I mean, um, and, on, and, he's, and he's not a rookie free agent contract. He's not making that much money either. So, well, he, he, he he'll get a raise <laughs> just for that game alone. You know, the play uh, you didn't mention, but I thought it was a big, big play was Jordan Davis. Oh, field goal, goal drive. Him and Carter left it out there, didn't but, they? I mean, Davis chases. You know, we said Allen's a great athlete, had a great game. He he. You know, when Allen he chased, when he chased Allen down, yeah. almost got him. That was impressive, yeah. man. Because that that's, is a big, that is, that's a big man with a motor. But right if, if he doesn't get there, yeah. Allen might get the first down. And then who knows? I mean, yeah, no he still question. may have held him to a field goal, but it would have been first and whatever going in. You know, that, that made them kick a field goal instead of winning it with a touchdown. The Bills score a touchdown, the game's over. So that was a, that's a, that was a big-time play by Jordan Davis. What even makes this win even more impressive is that the injuries that the Eagles are facing. Lane Johnson is a late scratch with a groin tweak right before the game. Milton Williams, who played really well against Kansas City, was out before the game. Fletcher Cox has a groin. He went out early on in the game. Zach Cunningham, their starting middle linebacker, 
went out of the game. So you're missing four pretty important uh, parts of the puzzle. I thought Driscoll, uh, when I saw the first play and I, I saw him get walked over, I thought it was going to be a really long night, but he played really well in Lane Johnson's absence. And, you know, when you got guys like that stepping up, it's a really good sign. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they, I think they probably gave him a little bit of help, which, which they should have. I mean, you have to maybe have him yeah. back or tight end stay in, whatever. Um, oh, you forgot Dallas Goddard's out too. And Goddard, yeah, yeah, Goddard. Um, but I mean, this, like I said, I've never seen anything. I've seen a lot of good teams. I've seen some bad teams, but I've never seen a team. Just all those stats that you mentioned about Hurts and stuff, just being down so much and coming back. I, I, I've never, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, and I'm not surprised. Like I said, I'm not surprised. I wasn't surprised they when when the Bills, like I said, when the Bills missed that field goal, I said Eagles are going to win this game, and everybody thought I was crazy. Now oh, they yeah, got they, tough one, another tough one coming up. Now. Well, the opening line is that the Eagles uh, are two and a half point dogs now at home to, to San Francisco. It, it's it's bouncing back and forth between yeah. two and a half and three. Trust me, I follow these things. What, okay, do, you, so. what do you make of that? Well, I, I make of it is that uh, the the public loves San Francisco, and I think at some point they realize that the Eagles can they can this continue? I mean, I guess not. I mean, listen, I mean, if you're if you're an Eagles fan, you're going to take the points, right? I mean, why not? So, are the Eagles due to stub their toe and have an off game? Well, they had an off half, the other night, off and, half. and it still it still didn't matter. So, uh, you know, uh, what do you think if I'm an Eagles fan? I think I love the two and a half to three points. That's that's yeah. what I think. I mean, here's here's how I look at that too. I mean, so if if you still get three points for home field, right? Which I guess you still do, right? Is, yeah, that I mean, that's part of the normal formula. Yeah, right. So that means on a neutral field, they're telling us the Niners would be a five and a half to six point favorite. Yeah, I don't. And then if the game was in Santa Clara. They're saying the Niners would be like eight and a half or yeah. nine. Well, you could. I can't imagine that. We could both take that one to the bank. Yeah. So I, I this it, but it kind of scares me because Vegas always knows more than we do. That's true. Is, is Lane Johnson going to be out again? Is there something else that we don't? Somebody else, or is Fletcher? Are all these guys like that you mentioned who got hurt in the game? Do they know? Yeah, I haven't seen any updated injury reports uh, on these guys, but, but but you're right. Vegas normally has information that but it looks too to good. It is exactly. Let's let's talk about you know in this era, this great Eagles era that we're in right now. Let's talk about four players and let's talk about Eagles Hall of Fame and then potential Canton oh, yeah. Hall of Fame. The first one is Brandon Graham, certainly. Eagles Hall of Fame. He set the all-time record for games played, 189. I, it's it's so funny how time flies. I I, I met Brandon. I was doing a, an appearance on on the old Comcast um, sports show uh, that Michael Barkan hosted um, in the afternoon, and I, I met him in the green room. And just the nicest young guy you would ever meet. It was actually around the start of the magazine, which is around the time that Brandon Graham broke into the league. And uh, couldn't have been nicer, engaging, and the fact that he is now the all-time Eagles uh, leader in games played, to me, is amazing. So certainly, Eagles Hall of Fame. Yes. Does it, does that longevity give you consideration for Canton? He'll be on the ballot. I don't know if he gets. I don't know. I mean, 
Now there's another Super Bowl win wouldn't hurt him. They certainly another Super Bowl win and another big play in the Super Bowl. Like he had the biggest play in the Super well, one of the biggest plays in the Super Bowl. Right. You know, the strip sack of Brady. So that's what people look at, you know, big what what you know it's unfortunate that it come that it, you know, what, what everything else you do doesn't matter. It's what you do in Super Bowls and playoffs. But um he, he does have that going for him. Now Brandon Graham, it's an interesting story. I'm I I'm I remember when he came into the league as well. I I was covering the team then and his first couple of years, he looked like a bust. He kept getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't really, wasn't producing what he did play. He was considered small for the position, yes. defensive end. Yeah. Um, and I remember this, and I'm going to give a, an Eagles coach that doesn't get a lot of credit for things, but um, he, his contract was, was coming up, and so was Trent Coles. And the 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 majority of fans and people figured they're going to let Graham go, be a free agent, and they'll re-sign Trent, Trent Cole to a long-term deal. And Chip Kelly was the head coach then, and he saw that Trent, who had a great career, an Eagle Hall of Famer, was kind of on that was hitting the downside. And instead of giving Trent the big deal, he let Trent go as a free agent to the Colts and gave Graham, saw something in Brandon Graham or his coach, whoever saw something in Brandon Graham, that he gave him a new deal. Wow. A positive Chip Kelly comment. Yeah, so you, ne- you never know what you're going to hear in the bird brains of Ken well, and Mark. He also right? signed Jake Elliott. That came out, that came right out <laughs> so of the blue. The there you go. He did sign Jake Elliott. Uh, let's talk about Fletcher Cox. Um, what do you, what do you, certainly Eagles Hall of Fame material for his longevity and anchoring the defensive line. Is he a guy that's going to merit consideration for Canton down the road? Uh, again, I'm tough on Hall of Fame. Well, I am too. Hall of Fame should be ex- extremely yeah. special. Um, he'll, again, he'll probably be on the ballot and get a few know. votes, but uh, I'm not sure if he makes a lot of it. Now, you know what else is weird too with the with the Hall of Fame? A lot of it depends on who else is on the ballot when you're on the ballot. That's true. That's true. If you're on with a bunch of great players, they're going to say, oh, "I'm not." You know, here's five automatics, and they're not going to vote for the sixth guy. But if you're to, if you're on the ballot with Okay, Cox might be the best guy to hold this ballot this year. So it's it's weird to see, you know. But I would say right now, I would say no. Now here, Eagles here's Hall a, of Fame, Eagles Hall of Fame, sir. Here's a surefire uh, candidate for both, and I think he's a lock for both. And that's Jason Kelsey, absolutely oh, yeah. the best center in Philadelphia Eagles history. And by the way, he gets called for two flinches, which were barely noticeable on slow motion. Okay, as much as these referees miss, I can't believe they call that, that. They, they call these twitches, right? But what does he do to make up for it? He pulls and blocks for Jalen Hurts on the game-winning touchdown. He's a freakish athlete for his age and size. I, quite frankly. I don't know how he does it game in and game out. I mean, certainly one of the all, all time. When you talk about the mush, the Mount Rushmore of Philadelphia Eagles, he's got to be in that conversation. Okay. Yeah. I, well, I, I mean, listen, you, yeah, you, I know okay. you talk about Reggie. You talk about Chuck Bednarik, right? Uh, I mean, Brian, um, Dawkins. Brian Dawkins has got to be right up there. I think. Ben Dunnick. And he's a little bit down the list, but I I do think that uh, you're, Kelsey, you're right though. Well, here's a question for you: Does does his number get retired? They don't do that. They don't do it. They don't, They didn't do it for Harold. I know, right? They still got they did it for Rick. Huh? They did they it for did Rick it. Well, 
Yeah. His father yeah. always loved it. I don't get it. I don't get how they Harold Carmichael's. Well, not yet. Not that's in that's in. We'll, we can do a whole show on that in the off season. But if you're not going to re- retire it, that's fine. You know, but don't give it out either. No, I agree. Yeah, that's uh, you know, and 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 you have to hang it up. But don't Harold give it to has me. been such a good soldier for the Eagles, a great yes. community leader. At, I don't know if it's okay to get into the Hall of Fame. So. That's the answer. I, I agree. I agree. And then. We talked about Jalen Hurts. Certainly, Eagles Hall of Fame is a lock, and here's a guy that's rewriting the record books early on in his career as he speaks. Certainly, if he continues at this trajectory, he is going to be a candidate for Canton, and it's uh, it's just uh, you know what I like best about Jalen is that when Elliott kicked that 59-yard field goal, did you see his reaction? He sat there and did nothing. Okay? Oh yeah. He said, it was like, you would think he'd be jumping up and down. and But this is just his M.O. He's, he's, he's calm. He's cool. He's thinking about the task at hand. He knows just because they tied the game, he's got to go win the game. And he doesn't overreact. And uh, it's <laughs> a, it a pretty cool shot to see that. Has there ever been a coach and quarterback that are so opposite? I agree. Nick Sirianni's <laughs> out there. He, he's raising hell with the fans. Yeah, and the, yeah, I mean, really, has there ever, I mean, I've never seen it. Usually your coach and quarterback kind of exactly. become one. Or, or the coach is a little more mild-mannered. Right, yeah. the players' enthusiasm <laughs> down. Yeah. yeah, I agree. But, well, listen, we've got uh, – We've got some interesting games coming up. We've got San Francisco at home, as we've mentioned. We've got Dallas. We've got Seattle. And then uh, this crucible of, uh, of difficult games is going to come to an end. Uh, we got oh, the four. Giants twice in Arizona after that. 3-0 so far, right? Yeah, I hear you, man. I said 3-2 and two would be great. I've raised my expectations. But, um, Mark, the time goes fast. As always, it's uh, good to be with you every week talking about another Eagles victory. Hopefully, we'll be doing the same next week. For my partner, Mark Eckel, this is Ken Dunnick. Thanks for watching the Bird Brains, everybody. Have a great week.